Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Medical Association of Georgia's award-winning Top Docs radio show. I'm your host, C.W. Hall. Today, we're going to take a few minutes and talk about naloxone and the need for physicians to co-prescribe naloxone when it's appropriate. And with more than 8,000 members in every specialty and every practice setting, MAG is the leading voice for physicians in Georgia. Make sure you get to mag.org to join Medical Association of Georgia if you're one of the physicians practicing here in the state. And our special thanks go out to Alliant Health Solutions. They've been a great sponsor of the show, helping to make it possible all this time. And today, I'd love to introduce you to our guest, Dr. Susan Blank. She is the founder and chief medical officer of the Atlanta Healing Center in Norcross and the co-chair of the MAG Foundation's Think About It initiative to reduce opioid misuse. We got into, uh, I got to introduce the, the campaign a few years ago early mm-hmm. in the show through Medical Association of Georgia, so I'm kind of glad to get back to that. Our next guest is David Newton. He's the director of the Georgia Office of EMS and Trauma. Thank you both for sitting in with us. Absolutely. Thank you. So uh, I know I've seen the stories on the news talking about a situation where either an officer or a person, a first responder of some kind, was giving a person naloxone. Mm-hmm. Can you share with us, for those of us who aren't yet familiar with with it, what are we talking about? I'm, I'm talking mainly to the public now. I think most of our physician listeners are, are familiar, but for the for the listener out there who's maybe a layperson, what, what are we talking about? So naloxone is a very interesting medication, and it's one that can be delivered um, to reverse an opiate overdose. It's um, actually an inverse agonist, which means it goes in and it attaches to two types of the opioid receptors, the mu receptor and the kappa, and it attaches very strongly, more strongly than most opiates, and because of that, kicks them off. Beats it out. Kicks them off, and then it reverses the effect that the opiate had. So in the case of an overdose, it brings them back to life. And so this is sort of like, I used to work in the hospital long ago as an RN um, in recovery room. You come out of surgery, you've got Mm -hmm. anesthetic on you, um, and there was agents we could give that would basically do just what you're talking about it was like mm-hmm. that you give them the dose boom it's back or is that what we're talking about same thing happened here yes and is it opioids only or are there other drug classes that if somebody has encountered that chemical however they handle it, however they got it is is it just opioids or it is only for opioids there are other reversal agents for other categories of drugs but this one works only on opioids i got it and so on the scene how how am i giving the medication i I know you work with uh, those first responders so talk about that so if the if the naloxone is given by a bystander whether it's law enforcement or the fire department or even just someone who happens to have this um, so church groups are getting naloxone to keep with them just Mm -hmm. in case Mm -hmm. if it's given by them it's usually given by an intranasal spray it's a very simple small device they literally just open the package insert into the nostril and squeeze it's it's really that simple if it's given by ems though it's primarily given intravenously so it's a little bit quicker acting but it's a very very simple device uh, to give intranasally I got it so with with the opioid overdose I mean how, how long do I have to give that because it does suppress my breathing right mm-hmm. so I mean do what I, I would assume that if I'm because one of the things we're going to talk about today is when should I actually if I'm a prescriber prescribe this along with the medication I'm I'm, mm-hmm. I'm prescribing but if I'm a if I'm one of those loved ones uh, mm-hmm. that that has a patient in my family that is is taking one of these 
controlled substances, for for example, and they have the naloxone available, an event happens, they're down. Mm-hmm. How, should I wait until the first responders come? Should I go right away? I mean, talk talk about no. Timing. If if the patient is not breathing, they're not responding, they're not awake, and right, they're not asleep, right? But mm-hmm. they're they're not awake from this. Yeah, you don't time need to wait. Bad. Yeah, time. Yeah, time. Time is money, right? Time mm-hmm. is time is brain. So you want to make sure that you can go ahead and give that then, um, which is why if they already have it, you can give it um, and then call nine one one at the same time. Okay, sort of like start CPR and then mm-hmm. and call. Exactly. I got it. So with that. I know there's people out there that, you know, community folks um, may get nervous. Am I, am I exposing myself to any kind of risk for giving this? Are there adverse effects if I give this to somebody that, that they may respond with a, a poor, poor response to that? You can give this medication to any person who is unconscious. Even if it's not an opiate overdose, you're not going to hurt them by doing it. Okay. Um, I have had um, instances where people have had to give this to their dog or to small children. So it works on animals, it works on small children. Um, And there are occasions, and I had one patient who opened her um, bottle of medication and popped the lid and her dog immediately ran and got it. And so she was able to bring her you know, dog safe, safely back. Had to get him to the veterinarian. So it's not going to hurt someone if there's another cause for them being unconscious. But certainly, it will be very important, regardless of who might have taken an overdose. I got you. Sort of like when I see a patient in the ER and they're unconscious, we don't know why. We can give them uh, uh, a sugar challenge, mm-hmm. if you will, to see if they're, you know, hypoglycemic. Right. right. So in this instance, it's if it turns out that it's not an opioid event, right? then I'm not going to cause harm for having right. given the medication. Absolutely. So give that if that's what, mm-hmm. there's any chance that, that it might be the case. I got you. So with that, then talk about how the 911 law works with this, because going back to what I was saying, there may be folks in the community that may be presented with the opportunity to talk about church groups. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Am I... You know, is there a risk for me legally for doing this that I need to think about? Well, fortunately in Georgia in 2014, the House Bill 965 was passed, which allows amnesty for anyone seeking help for someone who may have had an overdose. And this is very important because there was a reluctance on the part of someone whose friend they may be using Mm, drugs together. Right, we were doing it recreationally. I'm there too. I don't want to get get arrested. arrested. I don't want the person okay. to get arrested. I that see. was the other fear. Mm-hmm. Is this it's an person, all the income free kind of thing? Correct. In that so instance. it protects the person seeking help. It pr- protects the provider or the individual who may be giving that medication from any kind of liability if there's an adverse outcome. And it, that bill also allowed the access to naltrexone or naloxone for people to reverse the overdoses. So it was an important bill that um, allowed a lot of comfort for someone seeking help, providing help, and needing help. It sounds like that in the community in the last few years since this has become available, it sounds like it's becoming more widely used that there's mm-hmm. you hear about it, it fairly often in the in the news that it's being used from what i understand that there is a a standing order mm-hmm. in the state for naloxone talk about how that impacts your there there, folks. there is so our commissioner of public health mm-hmm. dr kathleen toomey um, and two commissioners before her have also signed it but she has signed a standing order mm-hmm. and what it does is it provides the widest possible um, availability of the of naloxone without a prescription so you can go to a drugstore 
store and you can buy as long as they have it in stock. Uh, you can go get that without a prescription. And it's really meant for, for family, for friends, for coworkers, for anyone to be able to help someone who's having an, you know, an opioid overdose mm -hmm. without having to wait on a prescription or without having to even need a prescription in the first place. Do you know anything about cost? Uh, I don't know about cost. Um, it but. can range um, over the counter with a coupon, and many of the mm -hmm. pharmacies have the coupons available. It can range anywhere from $25 on up to several hundred dollars, okay. depending on the type of medication and the um, delivery method. Uh, some of the more convenient delivery methods, unfortunately, are a little bit more um, costly, but certainly for under $50, you could save a life. Talk to your pharmacist for sure. There may be some, like you're saying, mm -hmm. there may be some discount cards of different types mm -hmm. that could come into mm -hmm. play. Uh, maybe even your insurance plan, depending, uh, could really help you out. So check with your pharmacist. They should be able to tell you about that kind of resource that may be available. And one of the things that I mentioned earlier as we started into our discussion today was the concept of co-prescribing naloxone in certain instances. Can you talk about that for our physician listeners or other clinicians who check us out today? When should I think about maybe prescribing this along with it? Every time. Okay. <laughs> Every Anytime time. I'm prescribing Anytime an you're prescribing an opiate. Five days. Um, the, the important part of that is that, first of all, physicians in Georgia have done a great job of looking at their practice patterns. Mm -hmm. The Think About It campaign has played a role in that, and I'm very um, proud of that. Um, this gives you, though, the opportunity to, number one, make sure that your patient has the prescription. Even though they're mm -hmm. available, many people don't know that or understand right. it. It gives the physician the opportunity to explain overdose, what it looks mm -hmm. like, to help the patient know when and how to use it. It also allows them to talk about important things like how do you safely store and dispose of your medication. Right. So it's an education opportunity right. and a reminder to both the patient and the physician that while this is a very helpful medication and needed, it is also a medication that needs to be um, taken with caution, even if you don't have a problem with addiction and you've never misused medications at all, anyone can overdose. Yeah, yeah, and, and diversion I can see also, I mean, even if I'm taking it as prescribed, if I'm a, a phenotype of, of certain, you know, liver enzyme pathways, I might be a person who takes what would seem like mm -hmm. a very small dose and right. I'm like, you know, so I, I understand what you're saying. It makes total sense. And, and there are kinds of medications clearly that you just can't fool around with because they have such mm -hmm. a, a surprising physiologic effect very quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think that's great advice. Um, you know, the concept of having an agent like this that instantly, if I overdose, I can be brought back like that, mm -hmm. just like the scene of Pulp Fiction, right? Yep. Um, <laughs> only a little bit less dramatic. But do you, do you think that that notion encourages people out there in the community to maybe feel less worried about you know using an opiate type medication or heroin well I think that it helps family members to feel more safe particularly if they have a loved one who does have the disease of addiction I think that we need to understand this the disease of addiction if someone is misusing opioids or using them as some people call recreationally this is a brain disease this is a chronic illness and like other chronic illnesses there are times when it's under better control and then there are times when it's not so the ability to reverse 
the uh, overdose is critical. You cannot treat someone who is dead. You cannot help them get into solid recovery. You cannot help them get back to their life. So it's very that important that it's available. And frustrating, I know it is for many family members, but it's really important for the medical community. You don't wield it like a cane, right? You know, <laughs> right. Like a carrot on a stick, right? Maybe we'll give you the naloxone. I don't know. We can't be sure unless you're really making right. progress. That'd be rough. Yeah, I can understand that. Um, if I am not revived by my naloxone, I'm assuming start CPR and call 911. Right. Well, especially if the patient's not breathing, right, they will need uh, rescue breathing. And if they don't have a pulse, they will need CPR. And that's something that they can do. It's also important to note that um, if if they do have two doses, and if the first dose doesn't wake them up in a couple of minutes, they can give a second dose while waiting for EMS to show up. And that's what, that's what you advise, is mm -hmm. not to necessarily think, um, I gave it and it didn't work, so that right. must not be it. Right. Go ahead and try another one. Mm -hmm. Okay. Is there... Is, is it kind of like when you get into a code situation, it's shock, 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 you do the first two didn't do anything, you shock them again, is it, you, do you keep administering it or is it Sometimes, kinda... yes, because depending on the patient, as you said, right, there's different pathways and stuff that can uh, affect the metabolism of the drug, but it's also how much of it they took and how they took it. If they took so it, it can be dose dependent. If I got a lot of the medication mm -hmm. on board, it might mm -hmm. take a minute for that to Or if you've taken it, drug if you've body. taken it by pills and it's still right. absorbing, yes. right. uh, you can have repeated okay. doses of, of the naloxone need to be given, which is why if you've got more doses, you can give that. But when EMS gets there, they can give additional doses and transport the patient right. to the emergency room. Gotcha. And it's only going to last about 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. okay. So it's really important, the 911 piece of it. Um, also, many times fentanyl is on board. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, fentanyl um, may not be known to anybody in the room, including the person who overdosed, that they've got fentanyl on in their system. It's more difficult to revive someone with fentanyl. So it takes larger doses. It takes of larger doses so. and, mm -hmm. and sometimes more frequent ones. So yes, if, if especially if in the room there are bottles or there's a syringe or something mm -hmm. to indicate this isn't a heart attack or some other reason for the lack of consciousness. Right. Yeah, and you mentioned the fact that there, it is a disease. There, just like heart disease, just like diabetes, it, it changes things physiologically in our body. Right. So there's even a medical specialty now for treating addiction. Can you talk about the medical approach to treating, you know, somebody who's become addicted? Absolutely. As an addiction psychiatrist, I can I can tell you that again, this is a chronic illness. We can't think of it as an episode of care, sending somebody off, they get magically treated and, and, now, rehab, now you're fixed. and now you're mm -hmm. fixed and everything's uh, everything's going very well. Uh, but like many chronic illnesses, it is very easily managed with now that we have medications. We have medication-assisted treatment or medication-assisted recovery that can provide a way for these folks to not only get into recovery but to stay in recovery. And we have 12-step meetings that are free in, in Georgia, uh, well, they're free around the world, but they're free in Georgia 24 hours a day. Mm -hmm. And so there is a ways and there is hope because this is a very manageable medical illness. Are patients finding their way to you as a specialist by looking in Google for, for help or are they getting there because their primary care doctor 
is in engaging with them and saying, hey, Charles, I think maybe you should go you know, see Dr. Blank? Yes and yes. Okay. Um, the SAMHSA websites, uh, the Substance Abuse Mental Health Services Administration has uh, treatment finders, which helps people find access to treatment. Uh, certainly their insurance company may be a good source, mm -hmm. their primary care doctor, their specialist, their minister. Lots of people have mm -hmm. information and are willing to help. The hardest part is for the person to ask. That's right. I, you know, I, I had a loved one that, that had you know an experience with uh, with opioids and and therefore got exposed to some of that and I'll say that there's a range of availability don't assume right. that you can't afford to get help um, right. there are like you say there's a number of free resources for folks dealing with that and and um, you, you mentioned one are there other resources that the two of you would recommend around this conversation whether it's addiction related or or you know just opioids in general and and possibly the you know the think about a campaign in general where, where folks can go get more information absolutely certainly on the medical association of georgia website if you go to the think about it um, tab you'll be able to have lots of information education for prescribers for family members the national institute of drug abuse has a lot of very good information for parents for teachers uh, to help educate themselves and their loved ones about uh, this disease and how to avoid um dealing with it so those would be my my thoughts mm -hmm. and for us on the department of public health website Correct. it's dph.georgia.gov if you just search for the word naloxone or opioid you'll find the standing order you also find some videos that show you how to administer it's actually very very simple on there but also um, some resources if it's for law enforcement for how to train them on how to administer it there's a lot of resources on there for mm -hmm. us well for me personally I, I feel really pleased to have the opportunity to get to have this conversation with you all and, and to help get the word out about this project and, and the initiative to educate the physicians around the state on the fact that they should be co-prescribing this this uh, medication with their opioid prescriptions is I think very useful and I'm, I'm, I'm pleased that you both joined me today absolutely Thanks thank for you time. for the opportunity we hope you'll sh share this information obviously it's 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 going to have an impact on somebody you know I, I guarantee you um, whether that's a physician that's going to you know understand you know this is how that they should change their practice if mm -hmm. they're not doing that already or a loved one that maybe uh, is is exposed to pain medications or um, you know that that kind of maybe they're doing so recreationally there's some resources available to them including naloxone that could truly save their life and, uh, and give them the opportunity to uh, continue and improve their situation so we hope you turn around and share whatever social media platform you happen to be using to view us today and make sure you follow mag on facebook and twitter they're also out there on linkedin as well follow them on all those places if you want to check out our previous episodes they have all of those hosted at mag.org top docs and from everybody at the medical association of georgia i want to say thank you so much for spending your time with us today and thank you all for sitting in again thank you thank you